Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be joined by Dr. Grant Taylor to be talking about his journey and experiences through art, creativity, and health and fitness. Dr. Taylor received his PhD from the University of Western Australia in Perth, Australia, and currently teaches courses relating to the art, art history, and uh, drawing, especially in anatomical drawings at Lebanon Valley College. Uh, he also teaches photography, printmaking studio, and a lot of other stuff. So again, he's a very busy guy. He's also wrote a book called When the Machine Made Art, The Troubled History of Computer Art, and has published countless other articles, essays, and gallery exhibitions. For more on Dr. Taylor, you can find him at the LVC, Lebanon Valley College, uh, Creative Arts homepage. Uh Grant grew up in a small town on the coast of West Australia and grew up windsurfing, scuba diving, and surfing. And as a result, health and fitness has really played an important role throughout his entire life. And he's been very busy strength training uh, over the course of the pandemic thus far. So with that, Dr. Taylor, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to uh, be a part of this and glad to see you again uh, in person this time. Yeah, for sure. The pandemic has certainly uh, put a damper on things lately. Uh, but to start us off here, I mean, you've had some insane life experiences from traveling around the world, publishing a book, getting your PhD. Uh, I mean, did I miss anything that you've done or accomplished? It certainly seems like you've done it all here. Uh, I, I suppose that's, that's uh, some of the highlights. I did run with the uh, Olympic Flame, too, in 2000 in uh, Melbourne. Uh, I failed to mention that. That was fun. Uh, you know, so you, the Olympic uh, torch gets relayed around the country. And I was lucky enough uh, to run a, a short amount of, um, of that trip. Uh, and you get to keep the actual uh, propane torch because everyone gets one. And so <laughs> my, my father has that back in Australia. And that, that was an, another highlight. And the reason why I was able to run with the Olympic Flame wasn't because I was an, uh, an athlete or anything. It was because uh, I won a kind of uh, competition um, when I went to university. I worked in the bank as a part-time job, as a teller, you know, an everyday kind of job that everyone has when they're going through college or university. they got to get a part-time job. And mm -hmm. uh, they thought I was pretty good at that. And I was uh, the, the company that consulted me out was called a deco and a deco is a, a worldwide organization so when they have a prize it's a big prize <laughs> so um, that was the prize for being a, a diligent worker at, at uh, in the banks uh in in perth while i was studying at university of western australia that's awesome wow i uh, i didn't know that about you so we literally have someone who ran an olympic torch here that's uh that's a first um so Obviously, you went from Australia to the U.S., and somewhere along the line, you decided to make art your passion and your whole career. So how did you get to the U.S. from Australia, and what inspired you to pick up art and make that your life? Sure. You know, so since I was a kid, I was always interested in art. I was always painting and drawing, and I would go out into the, the desert and paint. Uh, by myself. Uh, so my interest in art had been from a very young age. And uh, as I grew up, um, that increased and and to the point where uh, when I left 
high school, I went and worked for a couple of years, which is uh, normal for, for Australians. They do a gap year before going to university. And then when I went to university, I, I studied both art history and art and got a BFA. But I was interested in both making art, but also writing about art. So art history uh, was, was another passion. I loved traveling. I loved uh, architecture. I loved art. So, I, you know, every summer we'd go to a new place. And it was ideal because I'd travel with my brother and we would surf um, during the day. And then the afternoon, we'd go to museums or go to ruins uh, in the afternoon. So it was really terrific. So my brother and myself have traveled lots of different places around the world um, and been active in those places, surfing, but also uh, sucking in all the culture that uh, countries have to offer. But by the time I got to to UWA is where I did my undergraduate. Um, you know, I was really just interested in art and art history. And uh, I did my PhD in art history. And that's what resulted in the research that I did on computer art and early digital art that ultimately uh, led to the book that was published in 2016. Uh, but yeah, I've had diverse, uh, diverse interests. I've also made a, a documentary film and um, uh, done installation art, uh, light installation, uh, performance, uh, you know, plus all the normal mediums of drawing and painting and what have you. So wide interests um, take you to different places, uh, you know, and so um, if you've got a lot of different interests, that's a good thing um, because it'll lead you in different directions. For sure. It certainly sounds like you're kind of a jack of all trades and a little bit of a generalist, so to speak. You can kind of do everything. Uh, and it sounds like that world travel probably contributed quite a bit to uh, your interest and development in art, uh, traveling the world, surfing all over the place, having a good connection with your brother. That's all incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean, I and working at LVC, Eleven Valley College, um, you know, uh, you become a generalist because you've got to teach a lot of different things. So that does help if you've got varied interests, you can make sure that you can integrate, you know, knowledge from different disciplines, um, bring lots of things to the table, especially in teaching. And, uh, you know, yours, your friendship with uh, me results really from those two worlds, the art world and then the um, the the kind of strength training world that uh, that you inhabit and PT. And so uh, that's just an example of one of the great things about inter interdisciplinarity is that you can uh, you can take things from different disciplines and join them together. For sure, definitely. Now, obviously, you've, as we've talked about, had amazing life experiences, and you are someone who's extremely successful at this point. Now, I'm sure that there's been some times where things weren't all smooth sailing for you. Maybe there were some obstacles in your way and you had to overcome things. Uh, what obstacles have you faced kind of along your personal journey uh, to get to the point you're currently at uh, so far? Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone faces those uh, obstacles. And, you know, I think, I think one of the biggest things if you're if you're interested in achieving a lot and going after goals being goal orientated is that um, the fuel to that fire that drive often comes from the fear of of uh, failing 
Uh, and the, feel, the fear of failing often results in a kind of certain stress level, that, a stress that it kind of continues on through, through your day-to-day -day life. So how do you, the, the trick is how do you balance that? How do you um, go after big projects and uh, manage your stress? No, that's the thing that I've struggled with, I think. You know, everyone uh, assumes that I'm going to complete a big project, uh, but to do that, you have to put a lot of pressure on yourself and that pressure will affect your health, uh, it'll affect your relationships, uh, and it'll, it'll um, over time, of course, uh, it, it affects lots of different things. So I would say the biggest thing is, is trying to manage the stress of being goal or project orientated and trying to achieve as much as you can uh, in, in the roles you have, but not overwhelming yourself to the point where you damage your health through stress. Right. You really bring up a great point there. Um, a lot of great points actually is it's not just knowing what you have to do and knowing the direction that you want to go on, but it's taking care of yourself so that you can do those things. So it's not just, you know, committing yourself to studying for an exam and forgetting to eat, not going to the gym, not sleeping. Like you have to do those things in order to optimize your performance in whatever you're doing, whether it's fitness, whether it's school or creating art or trying to be creative or surfing or windsurfing or whatever we're talking about, you have to start with optimizing your own health and fitness. And once you do that, I'm sure you've probably noticed that uh, yourself that everything else just comes a lot easier. Yeah, I do think, you know, once uh, you, you know that your your potential is opened up when, you, when you're healthy, right? That mm -hmm. uh, you can do much more if you're healthy, meaning that you can deal with your relationships with your family and your loved ones, and you can take the focus that you need for a project uh, and you can you can you can execute that project and so um, to do that and to do all those have all those roles and be efficient you, if your health has to be pretty good uh, mm -hmm. so you get more out of yourself if you have if you have that healthy outlook I think uh, definitely. but we're not always like that right So we go through times and periods where we're not as healthy. Uh, and our output is not as where we'd like it, but we just can't beat ourselves over uh, up over it because life goes in a bit, you know, like waves, um, a bit like COVID up and down. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, so, um, and you can't really control often those cycles. So when, when you're not being as productive and you're not as healthy, don't beat yourself up over it. Um, it's, it's often just the natural cycle of life. For sure. And um, I mean, those are lessons that I know that you kind of share with your students as well is, you know, you're someone who says, if you mess up, it's okay, you kind of have to fail once in a while in order to appreciate the learning process. Like if you're not making a mistake, and everything is picture perfect all the time, then I think the question becomes, are you challenging yourself enough? And I think you recognize as well, like you've said, sometimes a little bit of stress is a good thing. Because if you're too laid back and relaxed about everything you're doing and everything in life, then you kind of have to ask yourself, you know, is this something that 
has some sort of value to me. If I don't care about the outcome whatsoever, then is this really what I want to spend my life doing? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, you can see examples where um, if you're not if you're not pushing yourself and and trying to do something interesting or take the next step, then you're you're going to have uh, you know something that is just okay. So the requirement to do something great takes a lot of risk. Um, and, and, and rightly so, there's the stress uh, involved uh, is a motivation or is also the fuel um, for that. It's just being able to recognize when that stress or, or you put yourself under too much stress. So um, people that are uh, goal orientated or highly successful often uh, take too much on, you know, uh, and it's not until they get in later in life that they realize um, what they're doing, you know, that they can say no to certain things. And that's that's a tough balance. But you don't normally see that until you, you get a little bit more mature. Uh, when you're young, it's just like, let's do everything. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, but you've got to you've got to think about your mental health and, um, you know, how you're how you operate in generally, you know, um, are you happy? you know, that's a key, key thing. For sure. Uh, so in general, your kind of big takeaways uh, from this episode and things that you want people to take from it, would I be correct in saying you want people to kind of go out and experience the world, travel, go see cultures, and just go immerse yourself in experiences you haven't been in. And to realize that if you're goal oriented and want to be a high achiever, there's a certain level of stress that comes with it, but you have to manage and accept it and be responsible enough to not let it destroy you in the process. That's right. You know, because after all, you've got a long period of time, a long life, and you want to uh, set yourself up for longevity. So you don't want to burn yourself out. And I, I agree, travel as much as you can might be uh, nationally or internationally. Um, sometimes it's difficult, like during COVID, and sometimes it's it's financial, right? Um, but later on in life, you might have more financial capacity to, to travel. Uh, but yeah, open up to new experiences. Uh, I, I really firmly believe if you have a new experience, that will bring uh, a perspective to your to your main focus, say your main discipline or your main vocation or your main career, if you're pulling in things from outside that, that's what really creates the innovation. So if you're just, you know, existing within your own uh, small uh, vocational space or your own discipline, um, you're not going to bring any of the magic that comes from uh, outside. And so that's why we seek uh, different experiences and we seek um, things that may make us uncomfortable or push us because those things are going to be the important ingredients to a kind of creative solution down the track. For sure. And speaking of creative solutions, make sure you don't miss part two with Dr. Taylor. This will be released on Wednesday. This episode obviously gets released on Monday. And in part two, we're talking all about how creativity intertwines with health and fitness. So awesome stuff coming there. Be sure you subscribe so you don't miss it. And if you're listening on uh, iTunes, 
be sure to leave a review. We do check those and we really appreciate all the feedback. With that, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you Wednesday.